Brian. Adam, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. How are you? I, I feel this is, a, this is a very exciting Oxide and Friends moment. Okay. Because we've got a guest in the litter box. Yeah, I'm here. Oh my goodness. Gergay is in the litter box. Holy smokes. <laughs> Gergay, welcome. Uh, so, uh, Gergay Oros, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, it's great to be here. I, I just had an office tour and we, we you know, checked out the, I checked out the state of the art Dell machines that exist today. The sound <laughs> that they're making. It's, it's, it's really strong. And I saw, of course, the device that, that you guys are building and, and got the, the, the story. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. I'm, I'm more of a software guy, but it, it really captured my imagination. And I'm actually just really like, I, I feel like really excited just being here. There's so much energy and yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I now get what the buzz is about. I, I was excited before <laughs> when, I, when I read the blog post, but seeing it is, is, is just very different. It is fun to see it and, they, and to hear it, right? You got to have the, the <laughs> actually kind of hear the difference and no, it's, um, it's a lot of fun and it's been great. Great having you here. Yeah. So we, uh, Adam, we've got uh, Arian and RFK and Alan have been in here. So we've been, um, Awesome. Uh, walking him through the, the the saga of of building this thing, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so in terms, I mean, obviously, Gergay, it's just great to have you here in general. Um, I've been, I think, I, I can speak on behalf of both Adam and me that we are uh, longtime fans. Um, especially during the layoffs, you seemed to be very dialed in. I mean, it seemed like you had announcements before a company. I mean, you clearly had people inside of these companies letting you know what was coming. Yeah, I I was doing that, and it was interesting because like I, I started to cover layoffs because I like I don't think I don't think of myself as a journalist, and and for a little bit maybe I, I was more of a journalist, but people don't think of me as a journalist either. So software engineers would message me when something was happening, and what started to happen was these layoffs, and I, I was like, oh, is there a trend happening here? And you know, I started to share this, and I, I started getting more these news. And at some point, actually, the mainstream press. Uh, noticed that they they were asking <laughs> i can imagine they yeah. were asking me to to go on interviews on how i'm doing it because they saw me as like a, a reporter out of nowhere but but then what started to happen is i just kind of got uneasy about this yeah thing. interesting yeah yeah because it it felt you know i, I was at layoffs when, at, at uber when layoffs happened like yeah I, I i was a manager actually and i kind of was told that my position is safe i got a wing but but it still took a really big toll on me like i the only time I cried in my professional career was when at my company, um, my team, people were, were laid off. And it, I never thought I would ever do that. But, yeah, you know, there, there's stuff where you read about it and, and when you experience it. And, and there was a moment when uh, I actually just like got this like scoop about Meta doing a, a layoff uh, confirmed like a few days before anyone on director engineering told me that it's going to happen. And I, I tweeted that out. I'm like, you know, scoop. And, and someone like a tiny, tiny Twitter account with like 20 followers said, like, I'm so mad at you. Like, my wife works there. We cannot sleep because of this. Like, yeah, interesting. It. And I just thought back to that moment when I was at Uber and how mad I was at the journalists that they were leaking it and I'm not getting it from leadership. And I kind of like asked myself, you know, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, this is not what I want to do. And, and I, huh. I, I just stopped uh, like sharing the details because I figured I'm, I'm not helping anyone. Really, the news will get out eventually. There's people who, whose job is this, and, and they're actually very good at uh, getting it. You know, like if, if, I, if I don't share it, they're going to share it a few hours later. But, you know, that, that's where uh, a, a lot of it I realized this is not what I, I, I wanted. It, it was initially it was interesting, but, but later on it was not. And something similar happened with like outages where I was covering them and I still cover 
I like large outages, but like for, for small startups, I'm, I'm not that interested in like show, uh, glaring attention of oh, what, what's happening right now. So yeah, like, interesting. I, I feel, you know, a little bit of what I'm doing is a bit of evolution. It's not too dissimilar to what you guys are doing. You know, you're also evolving, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I find myself in this in- interesting position of like going from engineer to engineer manager to a writer, if you will, or a little bit of a journalist. And I'm figuring out, you know, like uh, what one thing we talked about is like integrity and, and what, what, what is it that what is my integrity and where do I want to be? And that's actually something that we, we kind of bonded over because it's, you know, as we'll, we'll talk about it's a really important part in your hiring process. The hiring process. Really yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it just in turn, because, you know, Adam and I went through a bunch of layoffs at Sun. I mean, I, I tried to count them up at one point and a lot. And yeah. w- when you, I mean, the humanity of it, because it's like, it, it, and there, are, yes, there are, you know, you know, and you kind of talked about it earlier. I know you're in your changelog podcast that, like, there are, you know, something kind of early layoffs where everyone else gets work elsewhere because the economy is still going well. But then, like, you start cutting into like muscle and then bone, and then you've got people who are like, you know, who are re- whose lives are really uprooted, whose kids' lives are uprooted, and you're beginning to realize, like, wow, this is like really. Um, there's a lot of humanity under here, um, and that's um, well. And I, and I mean, it's a good segue actually into what we're talking about today because uh, hiring is all about the the humanity of it all. And the you know, I think uh, Adam, I think I, I can fairly speak for both of us that you know, the further we got into our own careers, the more important the humanity of it becomes. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so I, we. Um, you know, the hiring process that we outlined on Friday, um, so we uh, have had an RFD on this. For, it's RFD 3. It's, it's one of our very first RFDs. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about the specifics of, of Oxide's hiring process. Um, well, it's worth noting that, so RFD, Request for Discussion, is the kind of mechanism we use internally for almost anything. Like almost every durable decision that we want to talk about and discuss happens in that form. And so as Brian's saying, RFD1 was describing that process. I don't know what RFD2 was. I'm sure it was very important too. But this is little. So what do you think RFD2 could possibly be actually without looking? Do you know what RFD2 is? Um, I'm going to guess it has to do with the values. It is. Yeah. Mission values. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure now I'm going to go to RFD2. It's like, no, it's some like API that we were. <laughs> API that we just threw out. Absolutely. No, geez. Out exactly. It's been abandoned. Yeah. So which RFD yeah. are you at right now if you're numbering it? Oh, gosh. Oh, what are we at? We're at 400. Well, that's a good quiz for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. So I think without looking, I'm going to say we're at like four. We're beyond 440. Uh, so I'm going to say like 442. What are we at? I got 442. Is that what you said? Oh, my goodness. Right on the nose. I was going to say 442. Was that right? Right right on the nose. Oh, better lucky than good. Wait a minute. You filed the last 10 RFDs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just now. Right. Yeah. Uh, better lucky than good. And it, okay, but now is oh, to, to go for the, the trifecta here. Okay, and in RV2 is mission principles. And I, and I, I, I'm, I'm just going to, because I'm the guest, I get to ask questions. Yeah, you bet. Like, is the, are these like Google Docs or, or some sort of. Great question. <laughs> I, it, it, and this, so these are, these are engineering documents. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we wanted, which doesn't sound that complicated, is like, can, can the world give us a Google Docs front end with a Git back end? Because we wanted it, like, what we would love is something that renders, so these are in ASCII doc. Well, they were in Markdown and ASCII doc, and then right. 
And I thought like, oh, like some people do it in Markdown and some people do it in ASCII doc. And then Adam, were you in the intervention when it was revealed <laughs> yes. to me that like, it was like no well, that's true in the most technical sense. In the most technical sense. One of those sets includes exactly and only you, Brian. Right. It was, uh, there were these moments were like, oh, I'm the only one doing it in Markdown. Everybody else is doing it in ASCII doc. You're like, okay, I'll convert my RFDs now. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> so I converted all my, so they're all in ASCII doc. Um, but we, because um, what you need is that you you got to have that the rigidity that you get yeah. with, with true change control. And you want to understand. Uh, so th w then we want, I mean, I love the Google Docs front end. It's great. But um, so we kind of end up with this hybrid system where um, it's it's an RFD repo and, and ASCII doc. And then we've done some unbelievable work. Ben Leonard and team have done unbelievable work on the rendering of that. So we've got a site that renders it, renders RFDs, and then renders the and, discussions. And the, the big question is, how do you do the discussions? Is, is it in like comments? Uh, yeah, so we do, we have pull requests. Yeah, Adam, do you want to expand on that? It's, it's, I mean, I think I'd say it's sort of, there's not one size fits all, but yeah, it's often in the comments. And then, uh, you know, as we get to triple digit comments on a thing, often that descends, like then we have some meeting that's recorded and summarized and so forth. So it starts in the comments and then goes where it needs to go. And we, we really want, I mean, I think this kind of came out of our, the RFD process came out of our own experience at Sun where there was, Adam and I were together at Sun and, and there was this architectural review board that, and the kind of the, the big realization that we had is like, all of the value of the architectural review board and none of the pain would happen if the room were empty. If you did all the preparation to go in front of the architecture <laughs> board and then went in front of a bunch of empty chairs, like you would have all, all of the because the the, the the value of that process was forcing us to write our ideas down. Yeah. Um. And because when you when you're forced to write your ideas down, you realize they, you find the holes in your own ideas, right? And uh, we found a lot of holes in our own ideas that way. So we that, that's what we tried to mimic with the RFD process. Like, how do I get? How do we get? The, the, the rigor that you get from forcing someone to write down their own ideas, the self-review that you get, the ability, to, the transparency that you get without the like, I do, do not need the committee's rubber stamping things or or worse, like arguing over minutiae. I mean, God, uh, there are just so many horror stories, though. So that's what we. Um, but that's it, what it, it's a great archive, you know, when when new folks join the team, it means they, they get to at their own pace or not at all, or yeah, intermittently replay the history of the company and see why why were decisions made, at least contemporaneously. Like what were we thinking at the moment when we made some calamitous decision, and then maybe <laughs> the next RFD that that apologizes oh, for it. Yeah. So like, I get this, and just the last question on on, on this topic because uh, you know both of you have done software and hardware before, but like your your like oxide is really a, a bit of both. Do you think? that RFDs are kind of more important because you are doing hardware. I mean, you know, this is you know, pretty important. Uh, you're going to be manufacturing stuff. Like, it, it, it feels a bit more durable, whereas with software, you could get away with, you know, it's, it's, easy, it's faster to iterate. You, you can always change it. Uh, like, if, if this was a pure software company, you know, you found it, do you think it would have still? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, because we actually, the, the RFD process actually um, was something that we, that, that the folks at Joint came to. I, that's a process that we really polished a lot at Oxide and became very important at Oxide, but we actually initiated it at Joint. And it was, de and, and you did something similar, I think, at Delphix, right? I mean, we that's done right. Yeah. At, at Delphix, when I was CTO, we, we had what called it a one pager process. And that was sort of a weird misnomer because even the template uh, required like three pages, I think. 
<laughs> but it was um, a, a little more terse, but a little more focused, just in terms of, uh, Gerge, about kind of product requirements and letting everyone participate in that kind of process. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and I think so. I think that you know, we we kind of I think Adam, you and I kind of charted similar journeys. Then, like, oh, thank God, we're like free of these architectural review boards. Like, all right, we get everyone just do whatever you want. And then you're like, mm, okay, actually, need a little bit more. It would be really helpful to get some people. Like, why do we do this again? And not having having folks write down the motivation for things and the problem that's being solved. What what problem are we solving here? Very very important. So we don't we try not to be overly rigid about it. And there are certainly things that we do that don't necessarily have RFDs, but. Um, the, uh, yeah, uh, as Sean is pointing out in the, in the chat, there's actually a, uh, one of the things that we did to, and Sean, I don't know if you're deliberately trying to segue us back to the topic or not, but this is masterful. If so, the, um, the RFDs actually themselves became a really important part of our hiring process, because one of the things that we would do is when we would have a candidate that we're like, okay, we're really interested in this person. Um, we would get them into the RFDs so they could see, like, now you get to see everything that we're doing. And we really want you to actually uh, understand everything we're doing because it, it can be really exciting to be at a computer company, and it is exciting. But when you get into the details, it can also be like, oh, my God, this is horrific. <laughs> well, yes, it's also horrific. It's, there's a lot of detail. I kind of love it. If, if a company, you know, back when I was working as a software engineer or even an engineer manager, if a company said like, hey, in the hiring process, if you, you know, get far along, you're going to see the RFDs. I might have just interviewed for the sake of seeing those RFDs. <laughs> totally, right? And I think that it's, so, and I think that part of what we're trying to, we're, we're trying to do two things. One, we're trying to avoid the situation where I think that has happened in many people, happened to me in my career, probably happened to you and certainly the people you know, where you like, you think the company is one thing, and then you get in and you're like, oh, my God, like so this, this, this happened when I joined Uber in 2016. Uh, in the first three months, we had two hires. One of them quit after two days and the other one quit at the end of the week. One of them came from <laughs> Google and the other one came from somewhere else. And what turned out, we kind of had my manager at the time had a we had a quick retro on this. And what happened is we were kind of overselling stuff. We we're saying yeah. we're, we're Google just like earlier. And the Google engineer is like, that's amazing. I, I like red tape. And you know, when they arrived, they realized like, oh, okay, this is not Google like earlier. This is like duct tape held together and on-call hell and all that. And then the second engineer quit after they, they saw like what on-call was like. And then like our takeaway was like, all right, let's try to be a bit more real. But again, like, don't forget the way we hired back then was the typical, I guess, Silicon Valley hiring, if you will. Uh, you know, like a, a full day of like screening, full day of on-site where you can ask some questions and we give you an offer and people join because it's, it's, it's Uber. Right. And so you didn't get any feel for the culture. And even even two years later, there weren't many people that loved, but there was this engineer who was here for two months and then that person went back to booking.com. And I was like, why? Like, uh, in terms of like, I thought our culture was pretty good. The compensation was certainly a little back then a little bit better. And this guy said, like, look, like the team is it's just chaotic. Like, I had order there, and for some reason during the like, it was it was a bit of a shame because that person should have never joined. But somehow yeah. they just didn't see this, and it would you know, like no one made any mistake. But we just didn't have that transparency. And I think most companies don't have that. So the fact that you're creating some of this 
is is amazing. Well, it, it would for exactly that reason because we want to be very transparent about where we are and where we aren't. And I think, and I know because the same thing happened to me where I was kind of when certainly when I was coming to join, I was asking questions, and it was like, wow, this sounds like amazing. And then you get in, you're like, this is a chicken coop. And they're like, <laughs> who? And they're like, no, no, you. We brought you in to fix the chicken coop. Like, oh, oh, okay, all right. So I'm supposed to implement the things that you told me already existed. All right, well then, um, and I. I think that it's, you know, when you're trying to get someone to join you, you kind of feel like, oh, no, no, we can't tell them the truth because they won't join us. Like they, so like, let, let's spin this like little, this little fiction. And I understand why people do it, but it's, it, it's a shame because you end up attracting, first of all, you end up attracting potentially the wrong person. If you could, you could attract the right person for the wrong reasons. You also maybe miss an opportunity where you're like, no, no, like we don't do, right now. Our on-call situation is a mess. It's an absolute mess. Engineers like problems, right? So it's like we're actually in, but but it's something that we want to get better at. Hold on, can I pause for a second? Yeah, you're a friggin' hardware company. What is your own call? No, 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 no. That's sorry. hypothetical. I but... I, I, sorry, I was, I was kind of speaking as Uber. Our on-call situation is fine. Everybody. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I thought it was offset. I was like, no, who is getting paid and when? I was gonna make sure. No, no, no. Our, but but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like be, be, being candid yeah. about like where the problems lie, you yeah. know. And so we did in. Getting folks into the RFEs was really, really helpful because one, they would just like hear the voice of Oxide, see, you know, kind of what we're doing and see what all the things that we haven't done yet or things that are kind of contentious. And uh, Sean, who kind of mentioned this in the chat, I mean, I remember vividly, Sean, when you were, uh, you were in the RFDs and it was just like, I'm getting excited. The more of these, I, I get more and more excited about the company and that's great. So now like, by the time you're kind of coming into conversations, you've got so much more context um, that we, so we found it to be really helpful to be, I think it is overwhelmingly in a company's interest to be transparent. And I think, because I do think that like one of the things, the thing you're kind of trying to do here when you are adding to the team, I mean, it, it really is team formation and you are trying to find folks that are like, the, the team is the right fit for you and you're the right fit for the team. And if you're not the right fit, it doesn't mean like that's not necessarily a value judgment. That's like that could be a reflection on us. It could be I mean, we've had plenty of folks where it's like we're just not ready for you yet. Like the the the, the skill set, like we can see that they the, for what you are, like you need more order than we have right now for where we were or are. And so I think we mean it earnestly. I think people feel like they're being, you know, it's like oh well, you know, you say that to everybody. It's like well, okay, but it's like it, it, it you know, it is. It can be true. It's often true that it's just not a fit. I, yeah, I think it's also the case that if, Sorry. if you uh, show up and you say 450 RFDs times a thousand words or whatever is not something I'm interested in ingesting a part of, like that's you know that's fine too, right? That's that's like we work in a particular way, and it's really not for Probably. everyone. But. Yeah, it is not for everybody. Yeah, it, it is definitely not for everybody. I mean, and I think which is. Um, and I think that that's, that's okay. I mean, I think that, you know, we've got certain idiosyncrasies. I mean, we do, we like to write and reading is really important for us. And I, I mean, I, I like to say that I'm very pro-literacy, which makes it sound pejorative, but I don't mean it that way. I mean, I guess I don't, well, maybe, maybe a little bit that way, but we, I, I, I mean, it's not necessarily the fit for every engineering organization or every engineer, right. But it's, um, it, it has been, um, I, I, I would, uh, so Adam, you're asking about the over under on R, the number of words in, in the RFDs. Oh, well, oh yeah, God. in chat, I was asking that. Well, I, I mean, the other thing that's true of RFDs is that I don't know if you feel this way, Brian, but I feel like 
you know, and I've been at Oxide a little while, they've attained escape velocity. Like there is more RFD words being written than yes. I can read. So yeah. like, oh, for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not even, and well, I also, the, then you also find that there are, will be like an RFD that I will read, that I will read at the time and like not really understand. And then come back like two years later when I'm really suffering through a problem, like, Oh, now yeah. I get it. So yeah, it's yeah. like, if we were to like, there are the RFDs that I've read a smaller number than the total number of RFDs by a long shot. Then the RFDs that I like, I feel like I've read and I understand. I'm not even sure that that's all the ones <laughs> I've written. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, we so our hiring process and so what we had kind of uh, publicized on uh, and I wanted the reason I wanted to make it public, um, I, it, I I felt like so we have got a couple of idiosyncrasies that are important. Um, one is that we do have a very writing intensive process, um, and it is a very uh, it's a front loaded process. And I know people there's a criticism which is like you're asking people to do too much, and I get that. Um, what we tried to do is ask people to do the things that we think are important for anyone contemplating a next job. Like we're not asking you to do coding assignments. We're not asking you to do things that are like, go solve our technical problem. We're not asking you to do what we think is make work. Uh, We are asking you to pull together a portfolio that we think is valuable to you. It's kind of the things that a, like a really in-depth interview would ask you about and you get to pull it together kind of once. So the, um, we want you to talk about the things that you're you're proud about. We want you to the, the things that you built, and we know that you know not everyone. Uh, if you if you built things in the open, it's great. Um, if you haven't, you know that there's a challenge there. And I know people are like, well, wait a minute, like I've done only proprietary stuff. It's like, yeah, you're going to need to describe it. Like, how how do you think you're going to get your next job? I mean, at some point, like you're going to need to describe in some terms that you feel does not violate the the kind of confidence of your employer. You're going to need to disclose what you built. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of fair, I think. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because I think you're one of the very few places that, that do this in terms of especially thinking about engineering. This is more common for like, let's say, product yes. or, or certain roles where, where you know, you're, you're not as hands-on because with both with software engineering, hardware engineering, the, the job itself, you could interview just for that. And you talked about that. So it's a bit more rare. But this is super useful. So a lot of interview coaching uh, and just software engineering is about like, all right, you know, practice like the, the big tech interviews when you're when you're interviewing at Google, Facebook, whatever. It's, you know, it's three, it's three pillars. One, practice coding, which is on lead code. You just do this algorithm of interviews, which you do. Second is system design. If you're a senior engineer, which is, again, you can practice. And third one is, is they call it the star method or whatnot. It, it's, it's describe the stuff that you did. And now, mm. now you actually just, you're asking people to, to put that together, you know, your, your portfolio your background, but most people don't ever do that. So, but I, what what I like about your mm. interview process is, it, it sounds like if someone goes through these first phases, they will, and even if for whatever reason, either they they decide it's not for them or or it just doesn't work out, they're going to be better off for their next job interview because now they'll have a mental model, they'll have resources they can uh, look back onto, which is actually a lot more structured than like this like traditional uh, interview coaching would would go to going to yeah that's interesting yeah. And, and, and yeah it's, I, I we think so too and actually it's it's amazing the number of people who in their materials have said hey this process has been really valuable for me um and just like i thought you know thanks for reading this and uh because I, I one of the comments online was like i don't think they read everyone's materials one thing i would like to say is we we definitely read everyone's materials it is really important to us we know people put a lot of time and energy into it 
and we want to put a lot of time and energy into into to to uh, reviewing them thoroughly. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to drop in a question yeah. here because the I'm just placing myself as an interviewee because I think yeah. a lot, lot of listeners will, will think about this. The most frustrating thing is when you're interviewing for a job as a software or a hardware engineer is you put a bunch of energy in, uh, you do your best, and then you just get a no. No, I know. Do you or do you get feedback or are you able to give feedback? We don't. And we don't, I mean, the, and we don't give feedback. Um, and the, the, and I would say that like to anyone out there who really wants feedback, if you want to DM me, I will, I, 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 I will give you some measure of that feedback if I can. Um, I think we can't always, a, a couple of things to know about that. And I, I do think that there's the, the Y Combinator actually has got a, a, a an interesting piece. I'm always, always troubled when I agree with Paul Graham on anything. So I always want to do like this kind of like check. Um, and Adam, I don't know, maybe you can serve to check me on this, but have you seen the, the, their piece on why they don't give feedback? No. Um, it, and it's interesting because they're like, look, part of the reason we don't give feedback is we are so oversubscribed that our reason for rejecting you is probably bad. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. And I, th- I think that there is, it's or, or like, or fickle or capricious. And I do think that like one of the major problems we have is like we just have, uh, I mean it's it's a great problem to have, but it, I, and I know it sounds like absurd when I say it's been one of the biggest challenges of Oxide has been turning away people who I think would probably succeed here, um, and just because we just we're not trying to hire four hundred people, you know, and that that, that and it's it's really really tough, um, and you know we when we go through the evaluation of these materials, we have to really look, we, we have to be very selective. And I, I mean, I hate that about it. Well, also like one thing I'm just going to like maybe specify it. Like, I, I think, you know, people would expect feedback for, for like, you're doing something a little bit different. You're asking people to, to build a portfolio. And I kind of understand that sometimes feedback would just be, you're just not the right fit for us. Like if, if you, if you could be honest and you know, that's, that doesn't, that's not actionable. The folks who are usually really upset about the lack of feedback is someone who has given an assignment to build, you know, like a, a very typical thing in, in software is like build this application. Every candidate gets the same thing, and then they're going to it's the it's a take home exercise, and we're going to evaluate it based on you know code quality, how it works, etc. Now that is it's you don't do that in your interview, but when, when you do that kind of stuff and and you build it you can give objective feedback, which regardless of if you advance or not is valuable. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's a little bit different because what I understand that what you're doing differently is, you know, like it's, you're, you're actually not doing this. You know, you can give back, you can, you can, if you want to, you can give that feedback on coding or on architecture or some of these things, but you're actually like, you kind of sidestep this thing. So I kind of understand why you would not either want to or, or be able to. And especially I think as long as you're upfront about it, it's totally fine. Yeah, and I, I again, I would like to, and I think that there are, then there are cases certainly when um, we um, have you know taken people aside and say, like, hey, look, you know, here's the piece that we're missing here. Um, we really love your materials, and this is the missing piece. Um, and often folks do know what. That, I mean, if you read the job description closely, like you probably, if I, you probably know what the missing piece is. Um, I would say that the people, there have been some people online who get very upset that they're not getting feedback from Oxide. And I, again, I completely understand where it's coming from. And then I'll go through like the evaluations of their materials. And I'm like, yeah, you're not like, you weren't close. Like people saw like real serious red flags in your materials. And 
like, I, I'm not going to share that with you. I'm not going to tell you that, like, you know, it's like, I, that's, that, that's this tough. Is, this is the same thing, by the way, like, even for companies that do get feedback, like, again, I know, like, a couple of founders, like, you will get feedback on the very straightforward stuff, and that that is hard to argue uh, against, but when it comes to personal or or some very glaring things, you're going to pass on it because it might not be your place. So, so even, even the places, like, the places that are very big of giving feedback, they will not give you that kind of honest feedback that that person might need you know you typically need someone closer to you or or, or someone because again like well, you want that feedback to be actionable right you want yeah. someone to be able to be like exactly. like oh okay like here, and i guess that's you know when you're talking about like those coding exercises it's like oh okay it's like this is what i needed to to go you know go do um and um i mean i would say that it, part of the reason we wanted to make our process public is the one piece of feedback i i i would give people is we take the materials really, really, really seriously. And even if you 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 know you know folks at Oxide, or you're coming from a really prestigious background, or you know, there's something you're just like, oh, like this is like, of course they're gonna like, I you know I and you know you'll get like, I can't wait, to, you know, look forward to you calling me, and I'll give you some more details on this question. It's like uh, there's not gonna be a phone call where we ask you for more details on this because we like your time to do it is right now, and. Um, we want you to to put it all out there, um, and I, I think that so, um, you know that that's been been really important. I mean, one of the questions in the chat is like, how do you manage this as the company scales? Um, because this is like really uh, time intensive, and it is. I mean, it really is time intensive. I mean, it's one of those things that is. Um, it, it's been, but it's really important to us. Um, and um, you know, we one of the things that's important to me personally is like, we are going to continue to do very thoughtful review for materials. However, it's, and um, you know, I, I, I think that no matter how big we get, that's going to remain uh, important. Um, one of the questions is like, Hey, aren't you excluding all, um, all junior folks? And I know this is another challenge is that like, and Adam, I know you and I both feel this personally because, you know, we want to be the kind of company that would have hired us when we were right. coming straight out of school. Um, and, it's another challenge, right? Yeah, I mean, we we hold every application to the same standards. We pay everyone the same wage, and I mean, it's tough. I was talking to a, a college student from my alma mater who had reached out last week. He was very interested in Oxide. You know, Oxide has been getting a lot of hype at uh, at the school, which is great. Uh, and I told him that he's very welcome to apply. Encourage them to apply and know that those are the standards we're going to be using. The standards of folks who've been in industry, you know, two, three, five, 10, 15 years. You know, a member of the team is a member of the team, which is tough, but that's it's also where we've landed. It's where we've landed. And, you know, I think that that's a, that's a bit that we would want to get, um, you know, we would, in the abstract, in the limit, we do want to be able to have, um, you know, be able to be a first stop for folks, but um, we're not there now. We need to. Um, if you know someone who can, you know, buy a bunch of racks, you know, that would be, that would be very helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but I, I'm just, again, this is like more of an outsider perspective, but, yeah. but like as someone who's, you know, like even for example, at, at Uber, there was like different types of teams. There were some teams which are very clear. We will not hire juniors because we cannot afford. They were typically the platform teams. They were like very small teams who were, for example, there was a team that, that was rebuilding Uber's payment system from two systems to one. It was processing $60 billion a year. And there was a very core team that only consisted of experienced people. It was this very small team that did a lot of things because it turns out that if you have experienced people, they can move faster, at least initially. And once yeah. once you build it out, that's when you can onboard 
people. So there, there's and the product teams who are building like um, like throwaway products that might or might not work. They actually hired more of the less experienced people because it was just it, it didn't matter. Like there was a lot more room for error, a lot more room for learning. So my my, my observation is, I think you know it'll go, go same with 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 certain companies, even groups within the company. It'll probably change over time. Like you know, like Oxide, you know, five years from now, like I'm sure you're gonna have like like growingly groups where you can or will or you might even you might even just really want on board. But I mean, you guys have seen this at, at your previous places as well, right? Yeah, and we've seen. So, so how, how do you think about like how it might evolve, even if it's not like today? Yeah, you know, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I would say that we are. Um, because there, there was a lot of there are a lot of things that we have done that I'm like this will never scale to 60 people, and we're kind of at 60 people and still doing a bunch of them, so it has caused me to like question my own beliefs about what does and doesn't scale. And I do think that like we do think we do things differently than a lot of other companies, and so people are like that can't work. It's like are you well used to saying that because if it does work, it kind of upends a lot of what you're thinking about companies. Um, so I don't know. I, is the, is the, the answer again, and we know it's not for everybody. I would say the one thing, and because um, one thing I, I didn't talk about in the RFD, but folks should know is that part of the way we got to a written process is through some, not at Oxide, but in previous lives, some, uh, some um, how to say this gently. Prevaricators? What's that? Well, prevaricators, fabulists, fabulous, uh, fabulists. Yeah, I, I had some hires that revealed that everything I was doing with hiring was wrong, and I tell me more. Well, yeah. Um, what, what? Let's just say that. Uh, well, we made some changes. <laughs> um, so uh, I will say this: that you, if you've never worked with someone who doesn't have integrity, who's a good liar. You do not know the amount of damage a person who is a, 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 a person who's got who is political and manipulative and dishonest and charismatic. If you have all those things in the same person, you that's deadly. And th- they are they can destroy organizations. And you will uh, they're charismatic. So guess what? They interview pretty well. And they've got they've got tricks that they use, whether they have developed them deliberately or implicitly, where they are able to own a conversation and they are able to keep a conversation on a home game. And so you come out of an interview being like, wow, this person seems great. And so we I'll actually I'll give you a very concrete example that I did not hire, but as a, a when um, th- so uh, <laughs> Joyant uh, fired the founding CEO. It's good. Uh, fired the day my daughter, now eleven, was born. So a little over eleven years ago. Um, I, I don't know if you if you have kids, but those of you who do have kids, and Adam, I know you know this. Like you've got that moment when like baby's just been born, family doesn't know yet, and there's this kind of like beautiful calm because everyone knows that you've gone to the hospital, but no one, but everyone knows to kind of leave you alone, and you don't know. But you know that like we have a baby, we just haven't let people. So, you know, it's, it's great. It's like you and baby and everything. It's really nice. Yeah. And into that calm comes my phone. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the, it's the, it's the CEO. It's, I'm like, uh, hello, Dave. Brian, it's Dave. Board just fired me. And I'm like, okay, Dave. Well, um, I have a baby. 
That's my news. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll exchange news. And I'm just thinking like, God damn it. Like now these things are like absolutely locked in history. I mean, like I know the time of day, you know, I know exactly the, and my poor daughter, I knew this was going to happen. And, but it's like, she is already like, I mean, she, fortunately she's got a terrific sense of humor. So she's like, Hey, it's been 11 years ago since that dude was fired or whatever. Um, <laughs> is that so, what she says every birthday? She does. Yeah. 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 She does. Oh, like, awesome. oh my God. It was half a century ago today that Dave Young was fired. The, um, and so the after that we started the search for a CEO. And if you've never participated in a CEO search, it is a wild and I mean it is especially if you are at a company that has just fired its CEO. Well, and you were CTO. I, I was actually not yet. I was the VP of engineering at the time. Got it. So there, there was the the other founder was the CTO. He'd be, he'd be fired sometime later. But the um um. Uh, I so we were interviewing CEO candidates, and if you are a company that does not have a CEO, you will not find this very surprising. But you are not wildly attractive to A-list CEO candidates. So <laughs> I got the, I got this kind of tour of C-list CEO candidates, and Adam, this is where in HBO Silicon Valley, I know we know peers that have been able have been unable to watch. You know when they're all reporting into the chair. Yes. That is the episode where there are plenty of folks in Silicon Valley that are just like, oh, turning it off, not watching it. <laughs> I report right. to the chair. I would, I had to, the, the chair gave me a tough status report just today. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, don't, I don't recall like that was part of the that was that might have been one of the precipitating scenes. Oh, where you're like, nope, I, nope not uh, doing this anymore. This absolutely. We, I reported to the chair. We fired our CEO. Uh, there was total confusion. And we also talked to some C-listers. And so the C-listers are amazing. So in particular, I had a guy, and I so much earlier in my career, I just didn't know, hadn't dealt with many CEOs. So I just didn't know what to ask and had this guy who seemed great and just like very charismatic and very engaging. And uh, I was asking me a lot of questions about me and was like, oh, this guy seems great. This guy seems great. And our, our, uh, our VP of support, who's terrific, and uh, this is back in the day, was one of the calmest people I've ever met. I mean, he was just, he, he, he would I mean, engage. That's, that's what you need in support, right? Like oh, as absolutely. the building is burning down. The building is burning calmly, down. Calmly, right. The, the, and this guy knew how to pet the chicken. You know, he's like, he's, <laughs> they're there, chicken. And they're like, it's okay, chicken. Chicken, it's going to be okay. And the chicken would like, the chicken would kind of calm down. You know, he was, he was so good. He's so measured. And you know, didn't swear and was just very mild mannered. And he came to me. He's like, Brian, I, I understand that we're interviewing this person's name. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're interviewing him. Brian, I worked with him at Oracle. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm like, okay, yeah. Brian, he's a baby eater, Brian. He's a baby eater. <laughs> and I'm like, he's a, he's a baby. Baby, a baby eater. I'm like, literally the calmest person I ever, like, he's a baby eater. He's like, he's a baby eater. And I, I'm like, okay, you just said baby eater three times. I'm like, oh, it's like, okay, so we need to actually, uh, and we, and I did, and then I'm like, okay, I need to dig like a lot more into this person. And um, the, and did actually, and dug a lot more and discovered that like, okay, this is a very charismatic person who is, is a baby eater. I, I think he eats babies is, is what is the, the conclusion that I came to. But I think that he's, he is a, a, a and I, what I realized was like, and I got played in that interview. I got played so because he was flattering and charismatic and, you know, had all the right body language. And it's like, 
you get fooled by that stuff. You know, I would love to tell you that I wasn't, but I was. Um, and you know, it's really hard to, to detect that stuff in someone who's got that kind of charisma and those people ruin companies. And I, we didn't hire that person, but I made other hires later, years later that, that were like this and did an enormous amount of damage. And one of the things that we came to is like, all right, how do we not hire someone like that? And one of the observations was, you know what I, I observed about these folks? They don't like to write things down. It, mm. it, because the, writing something down is to kind of leave behind a ground truth. You're like now giving me flashbacks. There was, <laughs> sorry, there, there was like a product person I, I worked with for a long time, like, like, you know, like I, I was some engineering manager and this was person was like multiple levels above. And what I started to notice is, is this person would travel to a lot of the sites, would travel to our site, travel to, you know, different sites and, and always sit down with people and like to tell, tell, you know, me stuff, tell someone else stuff. And what I started to notice is like, first of all, the, the things that like, and we agreed on stuff verbally and I started to do it with my team. And then like later I, I was like, it's, it's done. And there's like, there was, it felt it was a bit of miscommunication, but when I talk with other people, it turns out like this person started told everyone a little bit something different. Yeah. And then uh, I, I started to just ask this person like, hey, like as a product strategy, can you just please write it down and send it out to everyone? And guess what happened? Didn't write it down. And I, I just had this nagging feeling and I'm just going back to, you know, I'm, I'm not like th I, I, this person, it, I'm not going to say it was necessarily integrity, but it, it was really confusing people. It, it made things really, really political because the only way you could actually like the people who were successful in that, in that organization is where the people who spend the most time with this person. Right. And there was just lack of commitment because as you said, once you write it down, you are committed. It's, it's, it's a, a truth. And, and you're, you can go back and say, you know, what has changed because things kept changing and we never had a log. We never knew. So I'm just like, I'm, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this away from here. And I think anyone who's listening, I, I would suggest to take away is, you know, if, if you're, first of all, if, if you want to make sure that you're not perceived like this, write things down. Because that person, again, it, it, this is not someone who had ill intentions, but but it, it came across like this. So I think as a leader, if you're not writing things down, you might just become one of these people accidentally. And accidentally, yeah, that's a good point. That it's not necessarily even deliberate. That, that you And you don't realize that like, oh, I am actually leaving a different impression with everybody. Like maybe I think I'm saying the same thing, but like, no, you're not actually, you're saying slightly different things. Yeah, but that's even more interesting to me that you, you, you've kind of found that this, the, the writing uh, works. That's fascinating. Uh, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, what we found is, is that there was a, a kind of a reticence to write things down. And so when we, cause we, after some of these bad hires were like, we need to strip hiring down to the studs and like everything we're doing, everything that, that I felt, everything I was doing was wrong um, with respect to hiring. Um, and we need to rebuild it from the ground up. And one of the, 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 the kind of things that people are like, you know, a quick question. Yeah. Was this joint or was this oxide? This is a joint. Yeah. Yeah. Joint, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is where we got very lucky. You know, I got very lucky to have made these atrocious hires, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Before you owned the company. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because I, you know, literally have the, I mean, have some of these very bad experiences to thank for what we've done here. And, like you don't want to be a victim of your, you don't want to have to have these bad experiences. So I'm hoping we can save some other folks the trip because um, you just don't, the the scope of damage is so 
broad that can be done, a real deep organizational damage. So the but enforcing folks to write things down, and then the other kind of thing that 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 was important to to us, uh, certainly starting the company, um, it, it's something I, I admired about Amazon is the kind of the codification of values. I I take issue with these specific values. Some of them were good, some of them were not so good. Um, but really wanted to use our values as a lens for hiring very deliberately. So, um, and then I wanted to ask other folks the the question that, you know, when I the, the knew we wanted to go do Oxide, um, or actually, I shouldn't say that. All I knew was I wanted to go start a company and I wanted to do it with Steve. This is kind of way, way, way back in the day. And a, um, I was a friend of mine who's a CTO was, uh, walking with me and he's like, you know, when have you really been happiest in your career? And, and why is that? And as I've been thinking about that and Adam, I mean, I don't know about, about what your answer to that question would be, but man, it's like we, at Fishworks, there was so, there, there was a moment that was really just great at Fishworks. Yeah. And as I was thinking, I'm like, man, there's a moment that's really great when we were doing D-Trace together. And there's a moment that's really great at Joint when everyone's working together on, on Triton. And what I realized for me personally is like the great moments are all around a team. Like that's what I loved. It, it, it is like a team coming together to solve a hard technical problem. And, you know, that's w- w- when I've been happiest. And when, I, when, when have I been unhappiest? It's like, well, I've been unhappiest when... In a in in a fear driven organization, right? It's, it's not a hugely deep thought, um, and I just felt like it was really useful for me to kind of think about that because I just hadn't really processed that. It's kind of a stupid thing to say, but I just hadn't. And um, I think that getting people to answer that in writing was really important. And then we did something else. And Adam, Sorry, I, getting yeah, people to answer what in writing. When have you been happiest in what? When have <laughs> you been unhappiest in what? And I would say uh, even stupider, I never asked myself those questions until I saw it in this form. And it's in it when I, I was applying to Oxide, these questions, you know, you say these questions are brutal. Okay, what are the questions? When have you been happiest and why? What's something you're right. proud of? Like those are brutal questions, really? It's like, yeah, they require a ton of introspection. Or you you come up with a pithy answer and you think, is that really it? That's really when I've been happiest? So it's it's remarkable how uh, you know, how challenging those simple questions are. Yeah. One thing I'm just reflecting on uh, as a hiring manager, you know, at, at, at Uber, I, I must have like had like hundreds of interviews, like hired like at least 20, 30 people. So, you know, like, and there's like 10, uh, 10 interviews, we'll, we'll get a person in the door. But I would ask these questions. I, I would ask, you know, tell me something like I, I had my questions prepared, right? And I, I regularly ask, like, tell me a project that you're proud of or, or something that right. you're recently proud of. But the interesting thing is that because you're doing it in writing, you know, people just, they need, like, the candidates there on the other side, so, well, they, either they came prepared by, by these coaches or, or, you know, something online, or they just, like, said something. It didn't matter what, because it was expected that you just reply. And a lot of times, you know, they, they probably didn't say, like, there was no time to reflect. What I like about your approach is there is time to reflect. Yeah. And, for example, I needed to change my questions. I couldn't ask what you're the most proudest of because, or the, the thing that you're most proud of because, you know, I'm not pushing people. They won't be able to so just ask, like, tell me something recent that you're proud of. So I, I also didn't get that signal. But also the, the people, and, and, you know, there's introverts as well who, who just couldn't yes. know that stress because you're now sitting there. We have 45 minutes. 
you flew over, we flew you in, this was back before COVID. So I actually think that you're going to get way better signal by doing this in writing. And I'm, I'm now kind of just asking myself, like, why, why, why does no one else do this? Why does we don't know. I, 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 so honestly, I don't know. And I think, cause I think, I think that, cause other people was like, well, what about like, the, the, you know, folks that have English as a second language? I'm like, okay, what about those folks? Because folks that have English as a second language, like, I mean, obviously English is your second language. The ability to like have someone else proofread it. It's like, I don't have to like worry about getting flustered in an interview. I can like spell check it, grammar check it. I can like make sure I can work on this thing until it's tight. It's like, which is a much better artifact. It's like, we're not in, we're not doing oral exams as part of our engineering work. Well, I also feel well in particular, questions. Yeah, I mean, our RFD process is very written. And yeah. we do have meetings, but uh, we do, I mean, it's a real, like the RFD, I mean, the, the application process, the materials are testing a skill that we value. It's not just like right. we interview for one thing and do a different thing. More than any place I've ever worked, we value the clarity of the written word in, in comments and proposals and so forth. And so if that's not something you want to do, that's also clarifying, like in both directions. Fine, you don't want to yeah. do it, it, it is part of the job. And then so one bit that we do so in terms of like the, the initial genesis of the materials, so we knew we wanted, we, this is the way we wanted to hire. Um, but it's also true that for the, the first tranche of folks, like very, very first tranche, which um, Adam, I thought included you, but then when you said you applied, applied Oxide, certainly um, like Josh and Robert, and we had these, like these, the, the, and I thought Adam, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe Adam was like, like 30 seconds later, yeah. Patrick, the... Um, we knew that like this was going to be the kind of the first hires we'd make as soon as we got funding, but I wanted to introduce everybody to everybody else, and so we had everybody, including the founders, all did the materials. So I've done the I've done materials too, and Adam and I thought that you would, but maybe no. I was I was like I was right after that. So I was early January 2020, which uh, okay, yeah, yeah, right, okay. And so in fact, there was I think there was some sort of surprise like. Uh, you know, oh, it turns out everyone reads the materials. Like, did we not tell you that? I was like, no, you didn't tell me that, but that's great. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't write anything disparaging. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was sort of like a weird window, but yeah. That is a weird window. Yeah, and it's so funny because I kind of think you mentally as, but yeah, you're right. Okay, right. It was, it was a, show, a couple of weeks later. So when we, by the time, sorry, so Adam's in January, and then by the time we're talking to Cliff, and so that's in like. Adam, you are at the company when we're talking to Cliff, right? So that's like late <laughs> yes, day. but I think I think we're talking about like which week in January or maybe or February because because I also feel like I commuted to the office for months and months and months, but obviously <laughs> it could not have been more than a couple of months. No, a couple of months. So we, but so so Cliff, it, we're describing the materials and describing that we that we had all done this, and. Uh, Cliff's like, wait a minute, you all have done this, including the founders. You've all done the materials. They're like, yeah, we've all done this. And Cliff says, can I see yours? And I'm like, oh, god damn, that's a great idea. That's a <laughs> really, really, really good idea. So I'm like, at the time, Adam, we had whatever we had, like seven people at the company, whatever it was, a small number. So I'm like, all right, well, all we need to do is kind of like clear it with these seven people that like, this is our process now. Um, and, but this is a bit that's in that RFD that like, as people were discussing this online and I can understand it, like they just didn't get like far enough into it to, or they got, they, they got exhausted based on the word count or whatever. Um, but the, um, uh, one of the things that we do when we bring people in for conversations 
when you're going to come in and have conversations with the team, because we, we, you know, we, we, we look at the materials, that is basically the vast majority of our process, but we want to, obviously we do want those conversations. We want to have that check. When you come in for conversations, the, before you speak with people, you get their materials in advance. And that's been a wild twist. I feel Brian, do you remember your materials? Well, because I confess every once in a while I interview someone and they're like, I read your materials and I really liked when you talked about X, Y, or Z. And I was like, huh, X, Y, or Z. I think I remember writing about that, but I, I I still get surprised from time to time about, you know, discovering what I've written uh, four years ago now. So I do remember my materials because I send them out so frequently. Because the, and, and the thing is, of course, because I didn't, I did not realize when I was doing my own materials, my thought was, this is going to be for the folks that are immediately at the company. I wasn't thinking that these are going to survive for uh, the lifetime of the company. And then just yeah. to make it clear, when you say materials, so these are the answers to these questions, mm-hmm. for example, like, uh, happiest and why unhappiest and why, um, portfolio of your work analysis, sample presentation, sample, um, the, the ones that you listed, yeah, 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 yeah. and so so it's happy and why, unhappy and why. Uh, take an oxide value that's been reflected in your career. Speak to that, and um, and the and Adam, you know what? I have always okay. As long as we're here, if so, in my materials, the value that I that described as being reflected. Obviously, all these values been reflected in my career at some level, but uh, I actually, do you know what value I picked? No, I, I don't think I've ever read your materials. Even I got to get on that. I, I picked humor. Which I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of standing by. I mean, you know. I think it's a great one because it's like, uh, and I'm glad that we have that reflected in the values. In part because if you're not having your values, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you're not having fun, like what's the point of this? Like really, like we're we're not just relentless capitalists. If you're not enjoying yourself, like go find somewhere where you are enjoying yourself. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humor is really important for us. Um, the uh, and then we um, ask you for a value that's been violated and how you've dealt with that. Um, and then we one that I kind of like just threw on there at the last second, but it's been kind of interesting to watch is take two values that have come into tension for you and how have you resolved the tension. And th- there's a couple of reasons for that question. One is that you know we uh, differentiate principles from values. So principles are honesty, integrity, decency. Those are the things that are like constraints on the business. We expect everyone to operate that way at all times. Values aren't that way. And one of the things that I really wanted to prevent, I think, Adam, so far we've done a, a, done a decent job of this, but it's definitely like it's, it, it requires constant vigilance. I don't want the values to be weaponized. Um, and exactly. I don't want, because I, this does happen at Amazon. And anyone will tell you that the leadership principles at Amazon, like your ability to climb your organization is your ability to figure out which of the leadership principles advances what you want to do anyway? Well, and the, right. the values are our leadership principles are built in a way that they actually contradict each other. They contradict each other. So you That's need right. to choose. That's right. Yeah, you don't want people saying, I need to merge this PR despite your objections because urgency is a value. You that, don't want that, them that, used right. as a weapon to, to win arguments. That, that, that's exactly right. You do not want them as a weapon to win arguments or to like disparage folks. It's like, you know, the problem with, Bob, yeah. like I, yeah. I give Bob zero empathy stars. Um, That's right. We, we do but not. They are, but they are a great tool for structuring discussions for yes. our t- because it's like a common core. You know, it's a it's a collection of values that we all have decided to ascribe to, to sign up for. Yeah, and I, it's, I know, and I think it's been uh, you know when we because you, you can say like, right, wait a minute, we're at loggerheads right now on this issue. 
because this is urgency versus rigor. And right now, which is like the, the I would say, Adam Wake, what probably half of the people that apply to Oxide, because urgency is one of our values, rigor is one of our values. And uh, people talk about urgency and rigor being intention. And as I tell people, like, there are n- like, that is a classic engineering. No one should feel like they need to be creative um, and occupy some. I mean, yes, it's true. Adam occupies i think the only one in your particular square i don't think we're going to divulge what that square is unless you want to i, I don't know if you want to no so, so to be, look i was so early i didn't know i didn't need to be creative so so <laughs> my my square was thriftiness and courage and i encourage anyone to to apply to oxide to find out why when they get my it. materials <laughs> right and it's been really interesting to watch that um and you know there's a lot of urgency versus regular i, I will never get sick of people describing how urgency and rigor came into tension for them and how they resolved it because urgency and rigor comes into tension for us all the time, every day. So that's like, I'll never get sick of reading that. That's great. Um, there are some ones that are just like, I'm not saying it's always a red flag when these come into tension, but when candor and empathy come into tension, you're always like, tell me more because, and you'd be amazed how many folks tell on themselves. And there are people that really divulge it, that like, you know, I was working with a, a team that was really substandard and I, you know, was pointing out to upper level management that I was surrounded by idiots and I got sensitivity <laughs> training and candor and empathy came and the attention was like, oh my God. You're like, thank you for telling us who you are. I appreciate it. And then you, and similarly, and the other thing I would say is like, I look, I know that like a lot of what we do at Oxide is not necessarily replicable. Um, and, but I think there are some things that are replicable. I got to tell you one thing that I would never not ask is in writing, why do you want to work for oxide? That is incredibly revealing about like, why do you want to come here? And it's like, that's a really reasonable question to ask. Like, what is it? And, and even if it's like, Hey, you know, cause you, um, you know, you had in you were describing in your, your changelog podcast I was listening to earlier about how like some of these jobs you're talking about, like it was in Edinburgh, right? Where they working for the municipality in, in Edinburgh. Yeah. And it's like the appeal may be like, I, you know, I want to serve the public, but I'm also looking for stability in my life. I'm looking for, you know, I, I've just, I, I like looking, there's nothing wrong with looking for stability. And that may be a great match for, for so you, you know, you asking people like why they want to work somewhere is, and we, it, you know, have had people that like really, um, it's really interesting to read that, you know, and, um, and I would say that like none of these is like, there's not necessarily a, a, a wrong answer, but there are, there are answers that force us to ask other questions. What, what, what I like about your process in writing that you, you can expect, and you also said this, that, you know, you're not going to call people back and ask them second time around. You're expecting them to actually think about it. You can expect that it's well thought out. And so if you're getting shallow stuff or if you're getting things that are, you know, just not there in a, in a live interview, again, I, I, when I, when I was hiring manager at Uber, I asked people all the time, why do you want to work at Uber? And, you know, there's two types of people. One of them came prepared for this question yeah. and they said it, or they either said what I, what they thought I wanted to hear, or for the most part as engineers. So they kind of said why, but there are ones who were just taken aback and they couldn't really answer. And so when I walked away from an interview, 50% of the time, I didn't really know why this person wants to come here, but it was, and, but I couldn't do much about it because it was, and so what I, what I would sometimes do is if I was uncertain and we're about to make an answer, I would call them up 
and you know like try to you know ease them into it and ask a question yeah, again yeah. but what i didn't have is 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 the ability to have them properly think it through so i feel that your process actually has this advantage that you you you, you can now expect that this is this is the best that they can give you and and if that's not there then you can you can uh, you, you won't have the problem that i that anyone who does this just verbally on the spot has you're never going to know if that person was just nervous totally they were tired they just they 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 they're they couldn't express themselves because maybe again uh, english might might have been their second language so there's or they may be an introvert i mean you mentioned like an introvert i also feel as like a there are a lot of i mean how great engineers that are introverts right i mean a lot of them and it's like that that's not necessarily and I, you know this was a big eye opener for me way early in my career when we i wanted to hire someone i'd gone to school with and turns out he didn't interview well and um i was talking to the engineer i'd gone to work with i'm like what'd you think of him he's like i don't know like you said you like him i'm like Dude, he's great like what he's like i don't know he just seemed and i realized later like he was extraordinarily nervous and he wanted to work for Sun so badly and wanted so badly to say the right thing that he would lock up as he was giving answers and was really like rigid and just like it was not he was not his natural self. And I, I remember like the, the, the senior engineer I got to, to Sun to work with was like, well, you know, my, my kind of rubric for this was like, do you feel strongly enough that like, like, do you feel we should hire him? And like, would you, what would happen if we didn't hire him? Like that's a question I like to ask. I'm like, I if we didn't hire him, I'd quit. I'd go work with him. He's like, all right, Jesus, like we'll hire him. Like, I don't like, okay, okay, like, 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 settle down, settle down. Like, okay, you feel very, very strongly about it. But it's like that, and I, I, that, that kind of experience was, um, it, it was eye opening for me because it's like a terrific engineer who interviewed very, very badly, and I think a lot of them do. Oh, a lot of them do not interview well. And Adam, I know you've had you, the, like, because I mean, you and I, I mean, we're together at Sun, then you're at Delphix and I'm at Joint, you kind of get the, and, and Transposit and so on. You're kind of going through your, your own journey, but kind of coming, uh, having some similar kinds of experiences. Um, yeah. what, what were some of, the, some of the things that you, how had your process kind of evolved? Uh, you mean in terms of like hiring process I ran at these other companies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I think that, that our process encourages that I was sort of the thing I needed to solve at, at another company was um, everyone was only at a previous company was that everyone had their question they wanted to ask and really only wanted to evaluate the candidate narrowly on their personal experience. <laughs> Interesting. And so you'd sit yeah. around these round tables and everyone would say sort of their guess, like thumbs up or thumbs down without really listening to what anyone else had said. We also had a problem of like some people's questions they wanted to ask being absolutely terrible oh yeah uh, it's like the, and, the where's the bathroom in my apartment questions totally. all these yes i mean we had exactly that where this guy had read this coding puzzle about you know minimizing initialization or constant time initialization cost on an arbitrary length vector or something and it was like a very clever solution that you know the the types of feedback we got were the candidate took hints well it's like well let me tell you this if you and I were on a whiteboard and you were giving me hints about the thing we were designing together, I would leave like both the right. interview and in the job process. Uh, so, um, so I think 
you know, actually what we ended up doing is something a little bit like the oxide values, not quite as explicit or not as, as kind of fundamental, but talking about the characteristics that we're looking for to structure the conversation and it helped that person realize, hey, this question I'm asking doesn't really speak to these values. And yeah, I need to listen to other people as they articulate the strengths and weaknesses of candidates against the values we've articulated. Yeah, and so we actually, and I, we do get into this in the RFD, that we definitely use the materials then when it's when we want to have conversations with the team. We use those materials really heavily to go through, like, right, what are the open questions that we have for this person? Like, where where are where do we want to focus? What do we want to really understand more? Uh, it really allows us to kind of be very deliberate about the way we have those conversations. So just, just so I understand a little bit better, because, you know, I'm kind of used to, again, like, like the big tech, uh, the, the way hiring typically works is, again, we all kind of talk with the candidates. We often have a scorecard. There might be some values or something. We kind of submit our scores and we kind of then all get together in a room. Uh, you typically read some stuff in advance and then you do thumbs up, thumbs down and you have a discussion. Now, in your case, you don't you don't have these kind of, you know, and, and again, like these are like coding interviews and system design and hiring manager and all that. But you have a very different process. How, how does it work? So like kind of submit some materials, maybe they talk with a, with a person or two, but but th th then what happens? Yeah, so the, the materials are the materials evaluation is, is most of our process. So we spent a lot of time evaluating the materials. How how does that actually happen? So yeah, there so people do we um people do evaluate the materials. Um and there is a it's not a numerical score, but there is a no pass, yes, emphatic yes. Um there's not an emphatic no, but I'm thinking we I have had can I've there have been candidates I'm like, we need to invent an emphatic no for this <laughs> candidate. Um, the, um, what's way more important to us than that score, that score is important. Uh, that, that kind of like, you know, when we, the, the, like emphatic yeses versus yeses and so on versus passes, um, there's a written evaluation in there that, that people, there's a, um, that, so people will do their written evaluation. That is really, really important. Um, so as we are kind of, because we've got, to you know when especially when we have this you know we've got like we're going to hire one person and you know we've had you know 130 people apply and it's like we, we really need to spend a lot of time kind of winnowing that down and so we and then when we've got positivity we really try to to get more and more people so we've got a kind of a process for getting more and more eyes on materials so if if we know someone's not a fit we we guarantee a certain number of kind of eyeballs on all materials and the because we it's very important that we not or we're not we don't just have like a single person looking at materials obviously so so what's interesting is in the traditional kind of i'm just going to say traditional because that's what most companies use what you're doing is is not or, or the majority you're 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 the minority for what i'm seeing at least at least for software uh, and we're, we're comfortable with that both here and in other aspects please continue <laughs> yeah um uh, so like I really like how everyone gets the whole package because the, the reason yes. like, you know, like let's say a company like Uber will run this hiring process the way it does is because I'm, I'm a hiring manager and I will literally only talk, I have 45 minutes to talk with this person. I'm going to evaluate their, their motivation and their communication style, or I'm the coding interviewer, which, you know, like I, I will have to, even as an injury manager, I would sometimes, well, maybe not coding, but before as an injury, I only see the coding. And a lot of times the feedback is, you know, like people do write a short, they'll do thumbs up, thumbs down on a short evaluation, but it'll be just like, well, the coding was a bit rusty, but assuming if, if their system design is good and if uh, their actual motivation is good, then I would be, yes, you just never see the full picture. Right. Interesting. And, 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 yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so this is why, cause I was thinking like, I really like how 
people, again, on your end have to not just thumbs up, but actually you know, describe this. But what I really like is everyone in the hiring process gets the same picture. They, they all, all can imagine how this person will fit and they can, they can raise the things that you have a, a lot, you have conversation that starts a lot further off. In, yeah. in this process, like at Uber, yeah. the, the first time we see the full picture is when everyone comes together and what typically tends to happen in it's, it's like 30 minutes and the first 15 minutes we're, we're asking clarifying questions like what actually happened on system design? Like you, you were kind of like uh, uh, one of you is thumbs down, the other one's double thumbs up. Like what? And, and yeah, so you're talking. just catching with, with, with context. So I feel it's just very different. And, and I feel you might have a, you talked about team dynamics. I, I wonder if this approach helps with team, di- team dynamics. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. I mean, like no question. And I think that we, so we spend, because it also allows you to get, um, you know, if someone is gone deep in something that's not your domain of expertise, in an interview, you can be like, I don't know, seems good. To, but it, at Oxide, you can be like, no, no, I'm going to add, I want to add Nathaniel to these materials. I want to add Ian to these materials. I want to add Laura to these materials. I want, like, I can add other folks to these materials. So, because I want to get their eyeballs on this. I want them to actually go deep on this. And the, so it, it allows us to, because you would think like in kind of in a mythical interview, you'd love to be like, hold on, wait a minute, pause. If you're going to talk about this, if you're going to talk about a security vulnerability you found, I haven't really done that before. So let me get, I, I want to get Laura from down the hall. I want to get Laura here and I want Laura to sit through this, right? You can't do that in no, an interview. You and, cannot. But we, th- these, th- this materials process does allow you to do that. And that's been really, really valuable for us because we we can get to depth on all this. So we, I mean, again, when people are like, oh, they don't read the materials, I can hope we read the materials really, really carefully. And especially when you've got, um, you know, you've got like a conflicting take on the materials. You're like, hey, and this, it happens rarely, but does happen. Because you're talking about someone who's a double thumbs up and someone's a thumbs down. Like, okay. What's up there, right? And so you, whenever you have something like that, we always want to understand, like, okay, we've got really different impressions on these materials. And it's very helpful to be like, okay, let's get the materials in front of us and let's talk about, like, what, what do you think is so positive and here's what I'm seeing over here. And, like, maybe we find some third thing in the materials that supports a different position or what have you. So it gives you this kind of, like, ground truth that you can really go, go deep on. And then well, and question, you're starting the stuff. conversation, you know, 20 paragraphs in, you don't say, well, what's something interesting you did? You say in yep. this interesting thing that you did that I spent half right. an hour reading about what happened next, you know, so you get, it gets much more diversity in terms of the feedback and, and much more interesting conversations. And just imagine, so like people submit a bunch of stuff written, but you mentioned there's you do talk with people. Yeah, that's how, right. How does that get incorporated into the materials that everyone sees? Yeah. So the so when uh, well so the, we, you've applied. We looked at the materials. We think like yes, we want to have you in for conversations. Okay. So now we're going to come in for conversations. That first step is we're going to get you into the RFDs. Um, we want you to uh, actually now what I, I you know we, we've got to actually modify our process a little bit, Adam, because we can actually go have them provision on an actual rack. We've got a rack <laughs> in the nice. polo. Yeah. So you can like. Actually, go use the product. It's actually real. Like it's, it's that's actually not just like dreams. We can actually go, uh, which is great. It's not just fever dreams. We actually built something real. So the, the getting them to kind of provision on the rack and understand what we built. So that's like that is kind of a moment for a candidate to like self-select a little bit. Um, be like, okay, I know right, you're interested in me. Now I'm going to learn more about you to figure out if I'm interested in you. And as I tell people, like if you when you get into the RFDs, you're gonna want to work for Oxide more or less, but not the same. 
And most cases it's more. Um, but we have had, we've had folks like, you know, I got into the RFDs and I realized that like, I thought I was more into this than I am. Like, this is like, I am actually, I'm struggling to get through them. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just not liking this. I think it's not, it's like, great. That's great. Like, you know, people be like really apologetic. Like, don't be apologetic. That's great. Like we've, and and also they they've seen something you know they 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 know that and they'll know why it's for them. I mean I think you know one of the biggest mistakes and I I see this it happens with so many of my my friends especially uh, like after layoffs you know, Uber did layoffs early on and so there was a lot of jobs but but I had a friend uh, I had a so someone who worked on on my team who joined this other company and then quit two weeks later uh, just didn't like it was clear after he joined the first week was like not sure but then he, he just he just knew this is not for it and he just right. wasted two weeks well probably a month of, of, of all that which uh, again could have avoided so my point is it's actually we should we should I, I don't think we talk about this at all I think I don't think hiring managers engineer managers anyone talks one of the best things you can do is give transparency and have some people like say this is not for me that's right. That, that is the like that's we talk we talked about like humanity when we started to talk about yeah. you know layouts, but I think with hiring, this is the humanity part that I think everyone forgets about. Like it's it, it's a big decision. You know, someone is gonna it's a big decision. They're they're gonna leave their existing team, their 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 network, and if you you kind of want to go somewhere where you there's a very high chance 90 something percent that it's going to work out and you know it's going to work out and this is how you do it well and i i, I mean i mean transparency is how you do it yeah yeah absolutely and i think that you know i, I also feel like you know i Adam and i have worked together for 20 years right we've got like there are lots of people at oxide that i've worked with across multiple hold, hold on quick question you yeah. work for 20, 20 years why didn't you just hire Adam and just not mess with any of this? Because uh, he seriously, went through the process, Seriously, right? this is a great question. Finally, we got here. Yeah, okay, so I don't know if Adam is putting you up <laughs> this in any way. Is Adam no, threatening you in any way? Or is he... That, <laughs> nope, that, that, this is, um, like, look, I just, you know, the guy's always struck me as a little fishy. I don't know. I mean, it's just... I don't, something just doesn't add up about him. I just can't... I'm still getting a beat on him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, I, so actually, in all honesty, the reason for that is... Because the like, I know Adam. I love Adam. I would. I. I. Sorry, Adam. To speak about you in the third person here, but like for sure. sure like no, no one needs to interview Adam. We can just hire him. But like, actually, I want everyone else to get to know Adam. And what we you may find, obviously not with Adam, but definitely has happened where people are very excited, have worked with someone at Oxide, and they apply, and the materials are not very good, and. You know, you've had this happen a couple times and you get people are like, I am a, oh man, these materials are not good. Because it's important that like, hey, we're not going to hire your friend that you work closely with. And I need you to look. And in, in all of these cases, and again, it doesn't happen that frequently, but in all these cases, the friend who works at Oxide is like, they, man, I told them so many times we take the materials yeah. really seriously. You know, the one thing I'm really liking about hearing this is you're the CTO or your co-founder as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of companies, what they do is like, yes, they're not going to hire a friend of like the, the, you know, the senior developer who's, you know, employee number like 55. Yeah, of course, you're not going to do that. But guess who gets hired at a lot of companies? But I'm, I'm so happy to hear the CTO's friend, the, totally. the CEO's friend. And what happens there is people down there will talk. They're going to talk like, oh, yeah, it's a bit of not even sure how to say it, nepotism or totally. And I just love yeah. how how you kind of you know like you and I I'm assuming the rest of the founding team said like we're not going to do an exception even though like 
you probably know what's best for like you will you will know what you think is best for the company but yet you're you're going through the same process as everyone else which was you know i I think it's brilliant so i and i gotta say this has happened both ways so it has happened one of the ways it's happened is we'll have someone apply to oxide who i know and i think is kind of a turkey and but like from a long time ago Mm. And I'm like, all right, well, this will be. And then, like, everyone else reviews their materials. Like, this person's kind of a turkey. I'm like, they are a turkey. I are a turkey. And <laughs> the materials show they were a turkey. But it was like, hey, the materials were an opportunity to show you, like, hey, I've, like, I've changed in the last 20 years. I was a turkey 20 years ago. Now I'm not a turkey. Turns out, still a turkey. The, the, but it, then it's been also the other way where it's like, oh, I think this person, I think Adam's great. Okay, Adam Smith's materials. And this is, I mean, this is like hand on hard truth. Hypothetical Adam? Material. Okay. Yeah, no, no. For, this is not like metaphorical. <laughs> actually, okay. Adam. Is it like, it, it, because I mean, this, we, it, this was actually this experience, honestly, because like, yeah, I desperately want to work with Adam again. And, but you look, look at Adam's materials and you're, I mean, there's a part of me, Adam, obviously, I'm not surprised, but you read the materials like, oh, thank God, they're awesome. It's, you know what I mean? It's, a re- they, it's such a relief when you have a friend who you've asked, I, 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 a friend uh, apply or a, a first person I had worked with a bunch of years, encouraged him to apply, and his materials were so fucking good. Like, thank goodness. Thank, thank goodness. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. And it's like, I knew they would be. And it's like, I, I, you, you always be like, I don't want to even like sound or be surprised because I'm not surprised because they are good. That's why. I, but, but the interesting thing is that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to this. Like I, I, when I was a, a junior developer, a new grad developer, I, I worked at a company and I, I had my friend tell, come here. It's great. And I referred them. And obviously I was just crossing my fingers. I, oh, I hope they do well the interview because my, my totally did not. And they had to prove themselves to everyone. But the interesting thing is like there are there are the types of companies which are a bit more hierarchical or, or you know, the higher you go, the rules that down there everyone follows don't apply and or don't apply as much. And it just always creates tension. It creates politics. Uh, it, it creates, you know, double standards that, and you're starting to not like it. If you move up to management, suddenly now you can bring in people and you have this power. And I like what I do like about it. And it goes back a little bit to, uh, you know, the in- integrity being in, in your, it's, it's actually written down. You actually scream for this, like, like this approach does help with the integrity. Cause every, again, all the yes. rules apply, all the rules apply equally to everybody. So, yes. I just yeah. like how it, it is a bit refreshing. And I, I do wonder again, like, uh, this, I, I think this is just outside of this podcast. People who are, are listening, this is a good opportunity to reflect at any company. If you are, are, are there exceptions the higher up you go? And if there are, why are they? Or right. yeah. why are they not the same everywhere else? Yeah. And it's in a re- and, and as a candidate, it's really hard to evaluate that, right? That's really important to, like, if you're contemplating, like, I'm kind of like going to this company, how do I evaluate their integrity, right? Yeah. Very, very, very hard to do. Um, so that's, no, the, it, that's been very important. So, and then the, um, and then just, but in terms of, of the, the actual interviews, so then, you, we, we allow people to kind of sign up for, for interview slots, for conversations. Um, that is left pretty open-ended. Um, so it is um, generally people will sign up for someone that like, oh, I, you know, I really want to talk to them. Um, it's like, I'm really excited about this person. I'm really glad they applied. I want to work closely with them. Um, and then we, they get their materials in advance. So you, um, and then we, um, uh, if and kind of as needed, we will have a conversation about like, all right, so who's going to kind of ask what, where are we going to go? What, what do we kind of want to dig into? And then I think the other thing that's, that's important is that we, um, when we kind of talk about someone afterwards, um, we want to be sure that, you know, Adam, you said this earlier about like really listening to what other people are saying. 
what we don't want to do is become uh, kind of conscripted to our to a rigid process where it's like we have to make a decision right now, yes or no. Because like, no, actually, we don't. And if we've got an open question, we should like have another conversation or go back to them and ask that question. I, I, I thought it was a, Gergi, I thought it was really interesting. You mentioned that like I had a candidate who I I wasn't sure why they wanted to work for Uber, so I wanted to like follow up with them later. I feel most folks don't do that when they've got a question. They're like, no, nope, SRA, time's up. It's the end of the day. We have to make a decision, yes or no. And it's like, uh, that's not necessarily the best decision. And and I, I, I've seen so many bad hires because of this. Like, I, I, I always felt awkward doing this because it's more work. You go against the organization. Yeah, I, I'm talking about organization with established the, 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 the usual process where, you know, as, as a line manager, like a lot of people think that managers have all this power, which they do have some, but you kind of follow it. And you'd be surprised. I mean, maybe you're not surprised because you work at organizations, but a lot of managers like don't like what I like about your process is like the reality is most managers or most people who are hiring don't know how to hire. I guess yes. I figured out how to hire. I hired a bunch <laughs> and, and, and yeah. I luckily I made some mistakes that I, I realized and I got a bit better, but I, in the end I was just an average hire. So, and, and the best hires I, I've made have always been where it's been a the group has seen more things and they brought up, you know, either issues or, or, or strengths or whatnot. And I really like how you're, you know, you mentioned team dynamics, but I, I'm thinking to myself, is there a better way of building good team dynamics than having the whole team interview? And and I, I still remember one of the first startups I, I joined back in, in a long time ago. Uh, I, I just talked with everyone who would be on the team and yeah. then they got together, they all talked and they gave the thumbs up. And I feel you're kind of still doing it. It's yes. Just, it still scales. And I think at some point, a lot of companies lose this. You've not lost it yet. Yeah, and I think... Or hopefully never. Hopefully never. And I think that it is really important to get... Because another thing that we kind of observed with these kind of very bad hires pre-Oxide is that, I mean, this is gutting. When you've had a, a terrible hire and you finally like get them out and then someone's like, you know... I actually, you know, when they first came in, I had some real questions, but I was, I, I, you know, I was afraid to bring it up or, or like everyone in the room, everyone in the room was so positive. Like I didn't want to be like a downer or the, or, or, or like, I actually, I really, I known that person from a previous gig. I didn't think we should hire him, but I wasn't in the process at all. And you're just like, oh, oh my God. Gosh. Yeah. Oh boy, did we screw up. And so I think like getting the d- democratizing the process internally as much as possible, allowing any employee to look at any materials, um, allowing any employee to engage in the conversations has been really important. And then I think that's like, you know, as you're digging in those conversations, and I think Adam, I don't know what you think of this, but like I feel like it's to a certain degree, the conversations are even a highlight about how challenging it is to interview. So even with everything that we have done to prepare that interview, we still have a bit of the Rashomon effect. And yeah. right out of it, yeah, it, totally. it, it, and you know, the good news is like we were able to square it a lot more quickly because we do have the materials to fall back on and we can kind of like get things squared, but we still have this effect where it's like, and sorry, when you say get things squared, you mean like narrow down? Well, we're just like, okay, so we've got like two people, heard different things to what they think is the same question and you know the good news is like again we've got the materials we've got a lot of other conversations and we can also just go back to the person fortunately when they're this deep in the process you know we we can be really candid about like hey we're sorry like this particular like what happened here with this question or like what do you kind of think about this and like just getting okay let's have some follow-up conversations and let's get some and other times it's just like and this has happened too where you get people in the conversations and it's like hey uh 
you know, uh, there are, you know, a bunch of people didn't see any red flags, but then there are like four people that saw the same kind of red flag. And you're just like, okay, that's a, that's okay. Did we just, you know, did we dodge a bullet? So I think it's, it, it is, it is really important to get multiple folks. It just, you were saying earlier, but getting multiple voices in there, multiple perspectives, multiple people reviewing the materials, but then also in the interview itself. And, that that's where you you uh, hopefully get in front because uh, you do not want to make a mishire, and you also have to gamble a little bit. This is the other thing that the only actually, Gary, I'd be curious to, to hear what you take on this. Or Adam, I, did you? I mean, one thing you will hear at startups is like, no, no, we're going to hire fast and fire fast. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, the I call bullshit on that. Yeah, because I've never been at a company that was actually good at firing people who needed to be firing fired like on time. Like, and I think that, and, and, and you started to learn that, and you just became more conservative in the hiring process. Yeah, and Adam, also, would you want to be at a company? It's like you know what this company is amazing at firing <laughs> core competency. No, it's core competency. Yeah, they're amazing. They're right. absolutely amazing. And like these people disappear off the face of the planet and never see them again. I don't even know how it happens. Um, no, it's because like, each fire like that should be regarded. As a mistake, as a failure, not just like, oh, we took a gamble and we're a gambling company and we're making you an offer. You know, you might or might not be here in six months. Like nobody wants to sign up for that. Everyone wants to hear that you have total conviction and that there's going to be a reciprocal commitment. I've seen any successful company say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that, you know, especially those that, you know, Gregory, one of the things I, you know, I. I so love the way you kind of democratize the inside of companies for younger engineers in terms of like they can see because you're kind of like that voice of the more experienced engineer and the hiring manager. And, you know, especially younger folks, if you hear someone say we're going to hire fast and fire fast and that feels wrong to you, you're right and they're wrong. So just, you know, give you the confidence that like, hey, I is there something we can do to like to 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 de-risk this decision and not just like hire recklessly? Um, the more and, and, the more ins, in, insidious version of that is, you know, I think that people think if we haven't made some mistakes, if we're not making mistakes, then we're oh being God. too conservative, right? So yeah. the way yeah. that this manifests is saying, hey, look, we haven't been firing anyone. That means we're being too restrictive. We're me- moving too slowly. We're interviewing too much, like too too rigorously or something. So let's go, go, go. So that just, you know, that's come up from time to time. Like, can you imagine me like, you know what, Bob, you're right. We're not hiring fast enough. We're not firing fast enough. That's no, Bob, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not, we're not hiring. Like we're not, we haven't fired anyone. So we must be being too conservative. And I think that's, so, let, yeah. let me ask you, you're now 62 people. Uh, how many people did you have to part ways with after, you know, like they went through the process and like in the first couple, but basically a hire that didn't work out. That was a mishire. I mean, effectively zero i mean i i'm not, I'm not going to say you know we obviously don't want to this is where um you know we don't actually have any an hr department i guess we're all kind of the hr department so this is where the hr department would grab the mic away from me um the but we have not had a, 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 we i mean there have been people who've worked at oxide no longer work at oxide but it's of a, course it's but, but but it is a very small number and it's folks that have self-selected them so, uh, and the follow-up question I have is like, you are a startup, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're not, you don't have the brand necessarily, you know, right now, like you're, uh, I, I think, you know, suddenly now that you built uh, the general availability, your, your status will go up and more people will want to come here. But w- when you're a startup, 
I think the conventional wisdom is as a startup, you are forced to gamble on people every now and then. So you cannot be that certain. So I, I would almost like call bullshit on like you didn't make any hires. Obviously now I understand your process of how you did it, but are, are you, are you not afraid that then you're not taking any risk or are we able to kind of mitigate the risk because you're kind of, you know, you, you, you are doing what mo most startups, the way they take risk is like, they talk to people. It's one way they skip the single and then they drop them in and see how they might uh, you know, perform, but I feel you kind of yeah. We do not take yeah. So I think a lot of stars want one. I'm I'm trying to figure out like what is disconnect, but I think the big disconnect is there's not the other way around. Like you're actually giving people an opportunity to see what it's like, and you're trying to observe them in, in a little bit of like what it would be. But I, I'm I'm still surprised of how. I'm I'm just a little, well, so a little, the, little okay conflicted on the fact that like as a startup, it is very unusual to it is unusual. Well, well, okay. So, so a couple of things. One, it, it wasn't true for all. So we um, were, I mean, in part because you know we got some, as my kids say, I'm nerd famous, not actual famous, but nerd famous. Uh, and you know, you're also nerd famous. I think. I think we can also. Well, I think. I think. I think I'm among my my nerd famous kindred spirits here, Adam. I think you've been. Um, assuming that the American Hockey League does not eat your Twitter <laughs> login, which is like not real clear, like that, their response to you felt like a little bit like "haha, only serious." A little, a little anyway, I wasn't sure. If I choose, sure. yeah. The, the um, but American Hockey League, you listen to this. Adam Leventhal is very famous. He's famous for the Leventhal conundrum, if nothing else. Um, the um, is everyone Google's the Leventhal conundrum. Um, it, it, you know, I think that we were able to use some of that to get for software folks in particular, able to attract software folks to the company. Um, I do think as a startup, you need to figure out like, how do I, how do I attract the right folks? Um, one of the things that I actually figured out before we wanted to do a computer company, we knew we wanted to do something in Rust. And I remember being, I remember being in Steve's office being like, I am falling in love with Rust. We will, whatever we do, we will do it in Rust. And that will allow us to hire people because we will, there will be people who will be attracted to the company because there are going to be, and I, I mean, I, I think actually this has not happened as much, Adam. You can correct me if, if, if I'm wrong. There was a, a, an era of the company where people were like, I want to work for Oxide because you're doing Rust. I want to do Rust. And everyone else is doing the Rust is, is in crypto. I don't want to work in crypto and I want to do Rust. And that's basically like, it's like you and I guess like Discord, uh, ironically enough. I mean, they're like a small handful of companies. And um, the so I think that we, you know, we use that as a differentiator. Um, but we struggled on on uh, double E's in particular. Um, and, you know, we were because that's not where the, the, the network is. And, you know, we, um, you know, I think what you've got to go do is like kind of brainstorm as a team and we were brainstorming as a team like how can we get and i remember vividly and those folks that were in this conversation will also remember this vividly were like how do we get more people how do we get outside of our networks how do we get more people kind of in we're just not finding enough people for yeah software folks yes but these other like roles it's it's, it's really hard and you know i i and you know sean's in the chat and can disagree if, if i'm wrong here but it's my recollection that Sean was like, hey, you know what? When I talk to friends about Oxide, I talk about how important values are. And people are like, yeah, it's bullshit, whatever. It's like every company's got values, <laughs> like this, yours. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I kind of explain it. And But I find that I'm not really able to explain the company until I talk about the compensation. Because up until that moment, we had not, we had not talked publicly about the compensation. Got it. And it, it was something that we kind of would reveal to people in the process. Um, and I was like, okay, well, 
should I write like a blog entry about I could I could like we could publicize it. And I just remember this is one of these moments that that remote work has given us where thanks to remote work, you can have like much more body language in the room. And when you've got an idea that's like a really like good idea or bad idea, you can see it much more quickly because, you know, everyone and everyone is like, yes, yes, you should. We absolutely should write a blog entry. And I was thinking like, God, all right, I need to write this thing carefully because I'm going to, you know, I, I just know that the Hacker News comments and I like say oh, like, yeah. I, the, oh, the, oh, absolutely. And, you know, the and it's funny because this blog entry has been on Hacker News a bunch and it's like some of the threads have been really good and some of the threads have been absolutely terrible, but no, my, my absolute worst fears. But I actually design, wrote that blog and thanks to everyone at Ox, I had a lot of review on it, a lot of comments on it. And really tried to make that thing robust with respect to some of the, the the arguments people would have against it. But the uh this was one of these things that we kind of threw out there. I mean, and I didn't, you know, I wanted to clarify it was, you know, us being transparent. It was kind of, you know, in accordance with our values anyway. That was, as it turns out, that was a really pivotal moment for the company because it that was in March of 2021. And we were really, really struggling on the double E side. We had poor RFK. Thank you for, we had a, you know, a RFK, you know, Arian's background is a double E, but there were, we were realizing that like, we need to ramp a whole team here. Yeah. We don't have, uh, we need to get way out of network for it. And it was that blog entry. All of a sudden there's a huge amount of interest, top of hacker news, a lot of interest. And out of that, came some of our seminal double E hires came out of that blog entry and um and you know Nathaniel applied and and you know materials were just extraordinary. And then when Nathaniel came here, that Eric came here also from General Electric. And the, you know, I remember talking to Eric and uh about oxide and he was like, frankly, I was gonna see what you guys did with Nathaniel because if you didn't hire Nathaniel, I didn't want to work there anyway. And if you didn't hire Nathaniel, like I don't know, maybe you had a story. So um, you know, we were, um, by the way, I will only go in a Siemens CT scanner for the rest of my life because <laughs> I'm worried that the, the gods are going to have me die in a GE CT scanner for having taken, uh, such terrific folks, Aaron as well, coming from GE medical. Um, I've said this before, but I'll just say it again, like GE medical, if you don't want to lose your employees, like manage them better, you know, I mean, come on, just like <laughs> super interesting technical problems, but super terrible management. Uh, I don't think that's a state secret. Um, the, uh, the GE folks did have me read. Did you, have you read lights out, Adam? No. They're like, you need to read lights out. I did read lights out. You're just like, okay, yeah, that's like basically stomach churning. Okay. Yeah. I do not. Want to read. <laughs> that's, that's very bad. Um, but that was a really pivotal moment for us. So it's so interesting how constraints shape your company culture. Cause it sounds like, you know, if you, if you had like a, you know, a brand, if you will, within e, double E's. Which, which you had with the software engineers, maybe you would have not needed to do this. Who, That's right. Who knows if you would have Who, who knows? It. That's right. That's right. But I, I... And, and who knows, honestly, if it had been for the pandemic, who knows? I mean, it's like all of these things, and the, all these things begin to kind of positively reinforce. And But that was really, really important because I think you're making a very important point, and you know, Francois made a very important point in kind of replying to the tweet about like this only works because you have a lot of people that are interested in working for the company. And yep, that's true. And the, um, the, the, that's true. And it, it can be hard to, to uh, that's hard. And you've got to brainstorm how to do that. And it's, uh, you know, Aaron Levy said this from Vox, that like when you've got fewer than 10 people, it feels like people are just, it just feels extremely risky. And then you get that kind of magic number of 10. It's like, oh, this is stable. It's like, no, no, actually it was like just as risky. In fact, it's actually riskier than it was two hires ago because our burn rate's gone up.
Um, but Gergay, I know that uh, I know you've got a, a stop coming up here. Um, and I know um, Adam has got a uh, I, I feel like hiring is one of these things, Adam, that we could go on for probably several hours on. I mean, uh, absolutely. Not like my topics around here. You know, the other thing that's demanding my attention tonight is college applications. And someone commented that the oxide process feels even more rigorous than the college application process. And I will say, fact checked, absolutely true. And All right. we should think about a common app, you know, using, <laughs> feel free to, feel free to oh, grab the oxide idea. application process and use it wherever you want. That is a great idea, actually. <laughs> no, seriously. I think I love like, it. Because no, I mean, like these portfolio questions, I feel could be a common app. I mean, like I think, like if 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 other companies ask like work that you're proud of and an analysis sample and so on, it's like you, yeah, cut and paste it and put it somewhere else. It's like right. it's not you're not doing it for Oxide, you're doing it for yourself. That's a great idea. Adam. There we go. Yeah, um, we actually have uh, some some friends who are using that at their company, which is great to see. That's great, and you, you know, I, yeah, that's actually Adam. That's a very important point. Is that if you're feeling like, oh man, I really like want to take that idea, but I don't want to just take it. It's like, no, no, please take it. Like, this is not, we, we everyone can have a great hiring process. We do not feel. I, I, I really like how like your hiring process is creating value for the job app. Like whoever applies and goes through the process. I think that that's a huge positive. So like, yeah, if, if more companies start to use that, that will be great. I, I don't think, you know, it's, it's hard to influence that. And we know that some companies are not going to change as easily, but I think as a, if startup founders are listening, it is just worth paying attention to. I mean, I, mean, I, I think you know, my takeaway is like, yes, you, you have managed to uh, generate a lot of excitement, a lot of interest. And by the way, every startup should do that. Like, right. right. If, yes. if, if you yeah. cannot do that, you're going to be left with, with worse players. So, and, and people should be excited to work at your company. If, if, if they're not, either you're not doing something exciting or you're not talking about it or you're missing something, but you sh- should figure it out. But once 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 you have that, like you then I, I feel like to me this discussion kind of took away one of these like I guess like things that I thought was the truth, which is as a startup you need to take risks on people and eventually you'll have to fire people. You kind of prove that you, you managed to grow until now that like this has not been true. You know, you said like things that should not scale, but they have. It it feels like this is one of them. Yes. And yeah, if, definitely. If you've been able to do it, other people should be able to do it. But you put in so much damn thought into this whole process uh, and and made it you know like you, you put some constraints with the writing etc which you know it's just honestly uncomfortable to do and then it's easier to just you know like have a conversation easier to hire a friend yes first, as a yes. first person and skip the process and then you know like hire number 10 comes in like that as well it's just easier so i i feel like if you take the easy path it it, it might come to bite you later it absolutely is going to come to bite yeah i think that's absolutely right and i think you know Lori in the chat said actually i think startups should not be gambling on high startups should be gambling less on hires and i think that's right i think in the challenges when you're especially when you're really small how do we get these folks over the line when there's so much risk and that's you know that's why we're super grateful to those early folks to adam and arian and the josh and robert because they, they, they and you know all patrick all those folks that came in when when it was so risky and um i mean it still is risky but it, but it, it it really um very very grateful to those folks and you need to it, it is it's, it's a challenge to uh, to not take a gamble and to find the right folks when you are feeling such urgency from your board and so on and you know, as a founder, that's like, that's, that's what you got to manage. Right. Um, yeah. And Brian, as we wrap up, just one more thought I want to yeah. share, because 
I think there's a lot about the process that I really like. And my my lingering fear is that there are a lot of folks who, that it demands a bunch of vulnerability. You know, I felt a lot yes. of vulnerability sending in that application. And I think for folks in the industry who have not necessarily been treated well, I think it might be hard to to feel exposed and to, to have that kind of moment of vulnerability in writing. And I'm really glad we did this episode because I, I hope it, if people are considering applying and have heard this, they know that we regard these, we take these applications extremely seriously. We read them seriously. We read them with empathy and uh, we respect the people who are pouring out their, their souls to us. So, um, you know, we need to earn everyone's trust. We need to show that we can be better maybe than the industry at large in terms of respecting folks. I think that we are better, um, but encourage you to apply, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about it, but worried about who's reading it. Absolutely. Uh, th- no, that's, that's a great note, Adam. Very, very important. Um, and Gurge, I do want to just, as, as we close here, I understand that your book is, is your book coming out? Is it? The- so well, I, I can say it's going to come out tomorrow morning. Tomorrow but, morning. But, but if, if you're searching on Amazon for the software engineers guidebook, it's now appeared. But, uh, so it, it is available for purchase now. It actually, Amazon has interesting where the certain markets get live, like a few days in delay in, in the U S it's been on sale since actually Saturday, Oh, that's exciting. But, but there's 12 markets in the Netherlands has not been on there. And I didn't want to announce until you can buy it on all markets. And now the Netherlands and Poland and everything is else out there. So it's actually, it, it just went live and, uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting book because I, I've been, I've been writing, this is the book that I've been wanting to write while I was an injury manager at, at Uber. Uh, and I ended up writing it for four years. Uh, so it, it kind of like feels like what a baby time's like. Well, I obviously like I'm, I haven't had, had a baby, but, but the, the length has been long. So uh, in this, the software engineer's guidebook, navigating senior tech lead and staff engineer positions at tech companies and startups. Yeah, is that right? This is, I started to write this book because I was an engineer manager at Uber. And I first, I had my skip, my, my first like manager and I had a skip level um discussion and i just felt like oh man if only i had time to mentor this this guy but it's now I have a manager between me i'm like it would be so nice to just have a book that i could give this person and i think i had a really good run I, I started with like eight people on my team all all they got promoted uh i i i, I learned a lot of things uh, as i grew and I, I lacked a lot of guidance so i just put the stuff that i thought would be good to know initially i wanted to make it more of a career book but uh, as as it grew it, it, it i just wanted to capture like what does it mean to be a, a great software engineer in the industry, think about startups or, or larger tech companies, both the hard skills, coding, debugging, the tool sets that, that you just need to need to know about these days. Like, yeah, and then some more advanced stuff like post comment code reviews. Like, yes, sometimes you should just do that. Don't just do code reviews, do it later. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, and then all, all, all the ways, like some of the concepts that like you might not necessarily like know when you enter an industry with P95, P50, well, why those are yeah, like, yeah, reliability. Yeah. And some of the practices that the larger teams do and then some of the soft skills, which is like, you know, like you need to start to understand the business. So uh, it's it's kind of like a lot of it is like my experience a little bit towards the bigger companies. Like trying to hand that wisdom down to the kind of the next generation. Pretty much. I, I just felt there wasn't there. And it, it's just been so long to put it because I feel most books either focus on the soft skills or the hard totally. skills. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I try to combine the two of them. Well, I can see why uh, that would take a while to write. So that, that, it, you... it did take, but I'm just happy that it's out. I've been writing it so long that I kind of lost the, you know, when you do something so long, you're not sure 
if it's going to work out or not. Uh, I am familiar with things like this. Yes. Uh, it was not ask me about machines that, that, that were uh, <laughs> having a hard time coming out of reset. And it was a cartoonist, um, Manu Cornet, who wrote, the, who drew this really famous drawing about the organizational structure of Microsoft and guns. He told me that he writes comics for so long, he's not sure if it's going to be funny. I wrote this book so long that I'm now not sure if it's going to be any good. But, right. but, but the people who reviewed it, they, they, they said it's amazing. So, you know, we'll see. But, but th- th- thanks for asking. So, like, that's, that's great. Well, I know that for, for listeners of this podcast, um, I mean, you're gay, you, you definitely, uh, I think, like us, like really trying to, to lift people up and, and pass on what you know to, to kind of the, the, the next generation. And I know people are going to enjoy reading. And I'm looking forward to getting my own copy, certainly. Um, and I will have to have you, you have to do a, an addendum on hiring, uh, written materials and hiring in the second edition. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. But yeah, that's awesome. It was awesome to be here, and I'm just gonna let, like wrap up by just summarizing. Yeah. It, it, like you know, I, I came into the office. I could, you know, most listeners are not into the office, but it was just, like I started with this, but the energy is just something else, and like it's 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 really special to both see the the server rack that you have, to hear it, the to feel the airflow, which is different, and to see the different form factors. I, I've seen some some of the more traditional racks, of course, and and the cables. And and the lack of it and, and how you got around it and like I I, I talk with Ari your your your, Ari, yeah, yeah. Ari, your founding electrical engineer like the the amount of challenges that you solved is just mind blowing I'm I'm gonna uh, aim to like summarize some of that because it's just so darn fascinating uh, it's like I, I I feel kind of like you know being taken back in, in time to like the when computing was just starting because I, I feel you're doing something like this it, it is truly inspiring and uh, I'm I'm like you know, having seen what you've built, uh, especially under a pandemic and, and being able to do it partially remotely as well is just outstanding. So like just ha- hands down and keep up the great work. Oh, th- thank you so much. Really appreciate that. And uh, really glad that you, thanks for coming by and, and glad you could uh, th- be an in-studio guest here, like I said, here in the, uh, in what we call the litter box. So thank you very much, Gregay. Adam, thank you as always. This is a, and thanks for everyone in the chat. This is a, it's a lively one. Um, and I, I know we'll, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll be doing a, a sequel to this one, I think at some point in the future for sure. All right. Thanks everyone. See you next time.